0: Fabregas, now it's in the Ester, this is it, that's the goal! Spade <laughs> and Charlie, one for Orgham! We're doing here, Cross and Dempsey is denied again, and Donovan has scored! Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! the
1: goal, and we're going to the goal! Goal! Goal for it, and then the goal! Goal for it! what's going on guys welcome to another world cup 2022 group preview for this one we are going with group f and joining me today is a fellow chelsea fan no one better to break down belgium croatia morocco and canada my man peter peter thanks for joining me man no problem no problem it's good to be here So let's get right into it. Uh, Group F. You know, I don't think there's a real group of death in this World Cup, but this one has two teams that made it to the semifinals of the last World Cup with Belgium and Croatia. Let's get right into it with Belgium. You know, this is their third straight tournament with Roberto Martinez in charge, right? Not the fourth. Yeah, third straight tournament. 2018 World Cup, the Euro Cup in 2021, and now this one the golden generation of Belgium. So for those that don't know, I mean, I've been on the Belgian bandwagon since 2013 since, you know, I mean, the premier league was flooded with Belgians and a lot of them were my favorite players, but as a Chelsea fan, I mean, Eden Hazard, obviously one of the greatest players in club history. We had Kevin De Bruyne come and slipped out of our grasp. He's gone on to have this amazing career. So many amazing players. We're not going to mention the goalkeeper by, I'm not going to mention him by name for, for this, um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, Belgium. A lot of expectations. The thing about their squad is, I mean, Eden Hazard's not really, he's had a decline. Give me your thoughts on Belgium going to this tournament. I feel like they're not as expected to win the whole thing as as I as I would say going into 2018 or the Euro, last Euro Cup. Give me your
0: thoughts on them. It seems like they're kind of on the decline, would you say? I mean, if if it's not now, it's not gonna happen. Right? Yeah. Like to be honest, they probably should have won in 2018. They lost the semifinal on a set piece. I figured whoever was going to win between France and Belgium was going to beat whoever was going to win between Croatia and England. Yeah. So like that's going to be their chance when they look back when they're 60 years old and realize they don't have a World Cup to the name. That's probably going to be why. But um, look, when you've got talent, like individual talents like Belgium do, in a tournament like this, it's four weeks. You're playing six, seven fixtures. It's not like you're playing together for nine months. You just need to be better than the people across from you seven different times. You know, so like, do I think they're gonna win it? No, but like would I be shocked? Like, I'm not gonna sit here and pretend I didn't bet on Belgium to win at like six plus sixteen hundred odds. That's sixteen to one, guys. That's good value. I don't know. So like I put yeah. some money there. Hey, why not? Like 10 bucks turns into 160. Gamble responsibly, people, if you do that. Um, if that's your jam, go ahead. But um, nah, as for their squad, I actually don't really mind them keeping the same group of players together because at the same time you're belgium you're not the other traditional western european powers that can just churn out talent every couple of years right so if you wonder why is timothy castagna why is thomas mernier still playing it's like well they're belgium they're not france really you know like a lot of belgian players will go and play for france or go and play for other nations so in terms of you got to try and keep the golden generation together as long as you can And yeah, Hazard's not really playing at all, so he's got no form. It's not that he's even in bad form. But hey, like you don't really have other options. you know, you got to kind of go with the people who got you there. So um, I think they'll win the group. I don't think it will be super convincing. I actually think all of these games in this group are going to be a lot more competitive than people want to acknowledge. Because people just look at Belgium and Croatia like, oh yeah, amazing. But um, yeah, I mean, we'll get into the other two teams in the group. But yeah, I don't think this is going to be a walk in the park for them.
1: As far as the golden generation you mentioned, I'd say their first tournament was the 2014 World Cup. They lost in the quarterfinals to Argentina in, the, in a 1-0 loss and an amazing, I think it was Gonzalo Higuain, like half volley. And yep. then 20, 2016, I thought they had a better chance of winning that one, given that they'd had some tournament experience. And multiple defenders missed their quarterfinal game with injury against Wales and they got upset pretty badly. That one was the one. If you look back at the tournaments, you know, you say, you mentioned the loss to France. That was definitely their best chance. I totally agree. But, I mean, losing to France 1-0, is there any shame in that?
0: Yeah, you can't lose to that Wales team. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, Rob- that's the one. The
1: Wales one is the disappointing one.
0: Robson Connie was a free agent and scored a goal on you in the quarterfinals of the year. I was like, that can't happen.
1: That was a great goal, by the way.
0: Yeah, it was. But like, I remember watching, that be like, this is not happening. There's no way. But no, yeah, it's definitely, for them, like, hey, just run it back. Can't go, like, I don't see a scenario where they don't get out of this group, funnily enough. um, Like, barring, like, major injury, which, um, unfortunately, we've seen that be a storyline leading up to this kind of midseason World Cup. But, um, yeah, I don't really, I don't have super high expectations, that being said. Um, Who's in Group E, just, like, off the top of your head? Because... Group E is – well,
1: no, no, that's Spain and Germany's
0: group. Oh, God. Yeah, you know what? I can see why the Belgium odds were 16-1 to 1 then. Okay, because in theory, Belgium are playing either Spain or Germany in the next round. Yeah. But, um, yeah, guys, look, as far as the group games, um, I think they'll be fine. I don't think we'll see a lot of clean sheets in this group, though. I will say that. I think we're in for goals, and I think we're in for entertainment, so I'm looking forward to it. The last tournament we should mention, uh, I thought when I was like in 2014,
1: I said, I think the perfect tournament that they're going to be able to win is that 2020 Euro Cup. But what we didn't anticipate was the fall off of Eden Hazard. In 2018, he looked as good as basically any player in the world. He won, I think, the silver ball in the tournament right after Modric. Yeah. He was unreal. 2019, his last season for Chelsea, he was literally electric, like dominated the Europa League final, did so many great things for us. And then since he's gone to Real Madrid, it's been constant injuries, constantly people saying he's out of shape, not consistent playing time. He has not looked nearly the same player in terms of taking players on one-on-one and just all the amazing things he used to do. Give us what's what's been up with him. I mean, obviously, as you said, he's not been playing, so we don't know what to expect. Would you even start him at this point?
0: I think anyway. you have to like okay. I'm sorry like you kind of have to go down the exactly. there. you know I I don't cuz like look at their forward options right you think cuz they're going to play this 343 kind of shape you can't really justify playing Hazard's little brother and Trossard either side of what I'm assuming is going to be Lukaku while you have Hazard on the bench like he's the captain of the country and he has been he's probably their best ever player Like, excuse me, anybody who watches this who knows some obscure Belgian footballer from 1970 who's better than Eden Hazard, but I can't think of them, right? So it's like you kind of have to, like, for a certain status of player in a certain kind of country, it would be one thing if this was France, and you had an out-of-form, let's say, Paul Pogba. You could bench him, and you could put a Shua and a Kamavinga and someone else in midfield and be fine, reasonably, right? But Belgium. They don't have the pick of the litter in terms of players. So if your star players are out of form, then you kind of suffer, but you kind of have to play them, you know? Yeah. You know, like Martinez played him at Euro 2020 last and summer.
1: He, what's funny is he actually started to look a little bit more like his old self in that tournament. Look, he, played
0: like, he played fine at the Euros, and he was still sitting on the bench at Madrid. So it's and like I don't think it matters too much that he's on the bench, personally.
1: Yeah, you mentioned the Euros. He was actually starting to look a little more like his old self, and then him and Kevin De Bruyne both got injured uh, mm-hmm. toward the knockout stage. De Bruyne still ended up playing that quarterfinal game to Italy where they lost to the eventual champs. Uh, they beat Portugal, though, in the round of 16. That was a good win. And, yeah, Eden Hazard didn't play in the quarterfinal, so that was disappointing. He missed that with injury. It's funny because he was seemed like he was getting a little bit of form back for his country, and then injury again. As far as Romelu Lukaku, we should talk about him because he – in that last tournament, he was coming off like the best season of his career in Inter. He was absolutely dominant, had his move to Chelsea lined up. And as we both know, that did not turn out as planned. I'm not going to lie. Part of the reason I don't really like Belgium the same anymore. Now, that being said, if Eden Hazard starts, I'm going full on fanboy again. Uh, go Belgium. But Lukaku was one of the people I really liked. And now he really left. a. It was just a bad taste in my mouth the way he left Chelsea. Uh, let me know your thoughts on him, how you think he's going to do in the tournament and what's you know, happened for uh, for him ever since he's had the whole departure with Chelsea.
0: For people that don't know, um, look, man, I don't care too much for Lukaku. I don't hate him as much as some people do. I just don't think mentally he was ready to carry the weight of a club like Chelsea to carry that on his shoulders. That being said, for Belgium, he plays behind, he plays ahead of Kevin de Bruyne and Hazard. So it's not that hard. <laughs> but yeah, he's a, like, I've said this, Lukaku's gonna probably break Cristiano Ronaldo's international goals record if he stays fit for the next eight that? years of his career? Yes. I think he will. And if he doesn't, he'll get really close. Like if we make an international goals tally of mm-hmm. all time, Lukaku's probably going to sit four or five and he'll be the worst player on that list, but it doesn't matter. He plays for, he plays with De Bruyne, he plays with Hazard. He's going to have De Bruyne for probably another cycle at least. You know, like, and you're in you're you're in European qualifying because you're playing a lot of smaller European nations, so you can stat that. But at the same time, I'm never going to sit there and say Lukaku is one of the mo- three most important players of this tournament. He's not. But as for getting to the group stage, I think he'll find some goals. I wouldn't be shocked to see Morocco or even a, like, revamped Croatia team concede a couple goals to a Lukaku. It mm-hmm. might be a thing where he leaves in the round of 16, but he leaves with four goals.
1: Yeah. I I, I can see that as well. And you. so let's just, before we move on, talk about some of these. I think the biggest question for me is at the back. A lot of these players, this is part of the reason why I thought the 2020 Euro would be a better chance for them to win than 2022, yep. looking back at it years ago, because the defenders have gotten older. I mean, Vincent Kompany, this is the first World Cup in the last three uh, that he's not going to be involved. He's done. He's retired. Toby Alderweireld, 33 years old. Jan Vertonghen, 35 years old. Even guys like Axel Witzel is a midfielder, 33 years old. No Fellaini, no Musa Dembele. Still got guys like Yannick Carrasco, Dries Mertens. You mentioned Mounier. Thorgan Hazard, who's like, I would say like in his prime. Um, also, Michy Batshuayi, is 29 years old. Yeah, they don't like, have you know, strikers.
0: What you say? They don't have strikers. So they have to take the same guys to all these tournaments.
1: So the last – oh, yeah. So let me – your thoughts real quick on the back. You think they're going to be suspect at the back because they're older? Oh, you think yeah. those guys will still oh, be able yeah.
0: Oh, okay. yes. This Belgian thing is going to be, we are going to outscore you. And in their defense, I would probably do the same, right? Like, we see a lot of national teams have blind spots that have better talent pools than Belgium do. Like, you can say, why was Kompany, Alderweireld, and Vertonghen at back three? It's like, those are the only reliable defenders they had really produced over the last decade. Even guys like Mernier or Castagna are very inconsistent just as players, you know, in terms of form or fitness or both. Like, you know, it's... You can only kind of use what you got. They've been playing in the same template since Martinez took over. Maybe even – I'm forgetting what they – probably even in 2016 with Mark Wilmots. I'm pretty sure they played this back three for forever. So they're going to just run with it. It's a bit of patchwork at the back. But, yeah, they'll concede, but they'll they'll probably outscore people. You mentioned Martinez. Yeah, this is third
1: tournament in charge. So at least they have experience with the manager. And then the last player we need to talk about, man – I don't know if this is a hot take or not. I mean, I'm wearing his jersey right now, but to me, when he's on and he's and he's fully fit, maybe the best player anywhere, Kevin De Bruyne. Give me your thoughts on him, man. Do You think that's a hot take?
0: Um no. Um, I have many hot takes about Kevin De Bruyne, but like I'll save them for a different show. Different wow, you think he's overrated? Of- no,
1: come on, release it.
0: No, I don't think he's overrated, I think he's underrated. I think the way okay, people play Kevin De Bruyne is very like forced and weird. He's so good, man. <laughs> he's so because, good. It's just because Kevin De Bruyne has pasty skin and he turns pink when he gets sweaty and he's ugly. That's it. That's why I think a lot of people hate him. It's nothing <laughs> like watch him play football and you're like, I don't understand what people don't like about this. Right? Mean,
1: I don't think I've ever met a Kevin De Bruyne hater before.
0: No. like, Well, they exist in like the weird corners of the internet. It's, it's There's okay. this sort of overlap with people who think Paul Pogba is like black Jesus. And okay. then they also think Kevin De Bruyne is horrible. And it's like, I oh don't know how we get there. But like, fair enough. No, nah, De Bruyne, look, if he's on form, they'll get through this group. If something happens to him, they're screwed. It's that simple. I like Trossard. I like a little Hazard, but no. Like, let's be he's, serious.
1: Okay, I was going to say KDB this season, man. Already double-digit assist, been tearing it up with Holland. Um, and for those that don't know, that's Erling Holland, not the country Holland. But Kevin De Bruyne, man, I, as you said, I mean, as complete as it gets, two, both feet. He can drive forward, shots from outside the box, set pieces, technical ability. The guy is so complete. It'll be interesting to see how he plays in this World Cup. He's had great tournaments in the past. Um, any last words on Belgium before we move on?
0: Um, just guys, don't be betting on clean sheets if you are a betting person in the World Cup. Don't even though even they have lie. one of the
1: best, even though they have one of the best keepers in the world that just won a Champions League, It doesn't that matter. It doesn't yeah.
0: matter. It, they're, you're going to see a lot of like three one four two games. You think Courtois is gonna gonna uh, have some games where he may just bail them out with the crazy shot stopping? I mean, yeah, but he'll still concede. Like he'll make yeah. a bunch of saves. I hate him, but like he's good. Yeah. But like, no, it's I'm I'm trying to think. Last World Cup, they were in the group with Panama, you know? Tunisia, and England. Yeah. Yeah, they conceded to Tunisia and Panama. They won like six one, but they still conceded. Yeah. You know, so I wouldn't be surprised at all if they concede here. They conceded twice to Japan. Twice to Brazil and then one. Yeah. Once, they had like, once to Brazil. A once to Brazil. They had one clean sheet all tournament. Yeah. Actually, I lied. They had two. They beat England 2 0 and then 1 0. Their clean sheets came against England, ironically enough. But fair. So
1: let's move on to the runner up from the last World Cup, Croatia. You know, they still have the same coach, uh, Zlatko Dalic. I hope I'm saying that right. Yeah, Zlatko Dalic. And they have a couple of players that. Or should I say players that are not, no longer with them? You know, Ivan Rakitic, Mario Mandzukic, Sime uh, Versaiko. These players are not there anymore. Eight players, only eight from the last World Cup. In the Euro Cup recently, they had an insane round of 16 game against Spain that they lost an extra time. I don't think anyone's expecting them to go all the way anymore. I think they're expecting them to get out of the group and not much more. Um, give me your thoughts on a slightly revamped Croatian squad, still featuring big names like Ivan Perisic, uh, Dan Lovren, Mateo Kovačić, who's been more involved for Chelsea or has been a Chelsea player since the last World Cup. I believe he was still Real Madrid last time around. He was—he was about to go on loan, but yes. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. So we've had we've, we've seen Mateo Kovačić now, and I think he's with Rakitic gone. He's going to have a much bigger role. Probably, I'd assume he'll start every game. Um, I would assume
0: it'll be Brozovic, Kovačić, and Modric in midfield. Yeah. Um, maybe Pasalic plays in a midfield three. I would assume a mixture of like Orsic, Parasic, and Pasalic out wide with um Petkovic, the Zagreb striker up top. Because Manzukic was like 34, I think, during the last mm-hmm. World Cup, something like that. So yeah, so um, it's weird. Like Croatia, are, they've got a lot of like under 23 players, and they've got their core of players who've been playing for the national team for almost a decade now. But they're kind of in the same boat that Belgium are to like a more extreme sense where their talent pool is just very limited. So you've got guys like Vita playing center back still, but then you've got like a young, talented player like Vardyov from Leipzig, right? Who's probably going to be a center back partner, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting with Croatia. Like I think they've got the best midfield in the group. So I expect them to dominate the ball in all of their games, even when they're playing a Belgium. Belgium will sit deep and try and hit them on the break, which makes sense, right? My worry with Croatia is goals. Mm-hmm. That is my thing. In the last World Cup, Modric and Rakitic were chipping in from midfield, right? And Mandzukic was more of a focal point than I would anticipate Petkovic to be in this group. So I think they kind of have the opposite Issue that Belgium have. I know Belgium can score. I just don't know about the other stuff. I think Croatia are a better set up team in terms of like tactically. They're more consistent day to day. But if you can't score goals in a seven match tournament, it's only a month long thing. Then you're not going to really go anywhere. So um, no, I think I I think Croatia will get through the group. But I would not be shocked if they're just so blunt up top that they don't.
1: You mentioned the midfield. And to close out on Croatia, we have to mention, I did not think he would have another World Cup in him, but this guy just doesn't seem to age. One of my favorite players, man, the golden ball winner at the last World Cup, Luka Modric, 37 years old, won another Champions League with Real Madrid and still looks insane. He's put his name with like the, at least to me, with like the Xavi's, the Iniesta's, the Pirlo's, like he's in that class to me. Um, I, I don't know.
0: Them, but we'll talk. You about think it. so? Wow. Yeah. So g- oh, give yeah. me a thumbs on him. Oh, like, Modric, is it's the longevity, and it's also the level he's reached this late into his career. We can say Xavi and Yesta, Pirlo, I hear all of that, guys. And, like, obviously, I respect all three of them. But Modric, he he won a Ballon d'Or at 34 years old, 33, 34, something like that. He's 37 now, and he's still playing. It's funny because he's looked the same for the last 12 years. He doesn't really look like he gets older. Maybe <laughs> it's the face and the long, like, weird, greasy hair, but like, fair enough. But I'm not, I like it's, I don't, there's not really much you need to say about him. Yeah, you would assume he would fall off as he gets older, and like, one day that day will eventually come. But like, for the next month, I think he'll be fine in the middle of the park. I think their midfield is one of the more underrated ones in the entire tournament. Kovacic? Group. Uh, Kovacic hey, if Kovacic is good. If Kovacic can stay fit, they'll be fine. Brozovic is never injured, so I'm not worried about Brozovic in front of their back four at all. Fair enough. Croatia, I
1: probably will pick second in the group. Let's move on to Canada. This is a huge, huge deal for them to make a World Cup. They're obviously going to be joint hosting with us and Mexico in four years' time. They finished first in the hexagonal with 28 points in CONCACAF qualification. Also, the highest goal difference, 23-7, to 7, a plus-16 goal difference. Eight wins, four draws, and two losses. What do you know about the Canadian team? Obviously, everyone knows about Alfonso Davies from Bayern Munich. Um, give me your thoughts on them.
0: Um, for me, the thing with the Canadian team, because I'm not going to sit here and pretend I'm familiar with a lot of the MLS-based players. But when we're talking people like Ustakio. You've got guys like Junior Hoylett, who I didn't even realize was Canadian. Can he's been around he been in the
1: in the mix for a while in England.
0: Junior Hoylett has been like in the championship and Premier League for like better part of a decade. I didn't even know he was Canadian until I saw him playing the US. It's like, oh, cool. That's that's nice. Um, my thing with Canada, again, like it might be a tournament too soon for them, but hey, like, experience on the world stage is better than nothing. Because on top mm-hmm. of the fact that they're in the World Cup for 2026, that might be our first expanded World Cup, so the dynamics of the tournament are going to change. Uh, that's not really been confirmed, but it's been heavily linked. Might be yeah. our first 48-team World Cup. So um, for Canada, I wouldn't be surprised to see them kind of take the opposite approach to a Belgium, where it's just like, hey, we know, because, yeah, I like Jonathan David. I like the idea of Kyle Laren. But other than, like, I I suppose they're better players than uh, Bruno Petkovic, but, like, I don't think they're better than the Moroccan attackers. They're definitely not better than Belgium's front options. But with Canada, like, we saw it in the HEX. Granted, the HEX is a different level of competition compared to what you'll see at a World Cup. If you have the ability to be defensively solid and compact, then in a tournament like this, you will do well. Like, good comparison would be Iran in the last tournament. Mm Mm-hmm. If um, who was it that they had a chance against Portugal in like the last second.
1: Taremi. I know. I it remember. Still, I
0: mean, yeah. <laughs> hit it into the side of the net. And it would have knocked it. But like their whole thing is being solid and being consistent and just being defensively stout. Right. So for Canada, um, I got to actually look at the fixtures real quick. Cause I think John- Belgium, Belgium, Canada is the opening match for both of those teams. Yikes! We have local Croatia, Belgium. Yeah, Canada played Belgium first. I like. I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't expect them to get anything from it. If they do, yeah. that'd be great. I'm all for that'd be chaos. crazy. Yeah, I'm all for chaos. Why not? Like with this World Cup, I want to see something that we've never seen before, and something we'll probably never see again. I want to see a new winner, but I don't want it to be like Holland. I want it to just be a random country. What, well, Belgium. Nah, it's also kind of predictable because, like, they're when you think of teams that haven't won it but are like on the doorstep. You think of the Netherlands and you think of Belgium. I want to see just a random nation win it. Like, I'm not saying like Morocco has to win the World Cup. I think that'd be a bit too chaotic, but like, let's just say. Senegal. (laughs) Yeah, why not? Like, Senegal wins or like Japan wins. Why not, man? Like, you know what? That's the kind of of chaos this World Cup deserves.
1: Jonathan David, you mentioned him. 22 goals for his country. Plays for Lille. Alphonso Davies, obviously the star, 22 years old. Uh, he's going to play a left back. Do they play five at the back or do they play four at the back?
0: Um, I'm not even going to lie to you and say I'm going to look up Canada's team when they beat the U.S. Two 0 I'll
1: enough, do that. Because I'm not going
0: to say I've kept up with Canada. They're World Cup qualifying.
1: Fullback and wingback of whatever it is, Alfonso Davies, an electric player. Atiba Hutchinson is their captain. He plays for Besiktas, and he's 39 years old. That's going to be crazy. If they start a 39-year-old in midfield, it'll be very interesting. And then hey, you mentioned man. Kyle Laren. Uh, 54 appearances for this country 25 goals Plays for club bruges do you think canada's got a chance to get out of this group
0: like the weird part is yeah because look like if croatia can't score belgium can't defend morocco fired their coach months before the tournament and wow. well not months before um when did renard get fired it was something he had some sort of beef with um or no who's the pre- the the bosnian guy what's his name Yeah, me here, didn't he they had the bosnian coach they had him for like afcon and stuff and then he left the post like a few months ago so they brought in um they brought in a manager that had won i think the african champions league with the moroccan team they have a new coach essentially so Ziyech Walid had- regragui Ra- Ra- yeah, he's the new coach. They had um Halilovic or like I'm butchering his name guys. They had some random Bosnian guy coaching him. And so Valid
1: Halil I'm looking it up.
0: Something like that. Yeah, him. Him. Bahid. He's coached like Morocco, he's coached all kinds of random teams. I'm pretty sure he's coached Shakhtar at some point. Like he's just one of those guys who just coaches everywhere. So um he had that beef with Ziak and a bunch of like issues with the senior players. Ziak <laughs> retired. Now he's unretired. Morocco have plenty of talent in their team. Where I worry is just stability and just what they're going to look like. Even at the last World Cup, I thought Morocco and that group with Iran, Spain, and Portugal, Morocco were entertaining. Very oh. good. They were really good. They just got unlucky. But they couldn't score, and they would find ways to lose these games. It was incredible. I could not believe it. So, like, for me, Morocco were just like a wild card. I think they're going to be fine. I think they're going to do well. I would, have, I could see them pushing like they play Croatia in their opening match. That's
1: no, that's big me. time,
0: and that's going to be two a.m. Pacific time, guys. I'm not going to pretend like I'm going to stay up to watch that. I'm going to wake if I wake up at five for whatever game is at five, and I see Morocco beat Croatia two nil. I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be either. I
1: wouldn't,
0: I wouldn't be either. I don't I mean, know what to expect from them. They're just a complete wild card. They're exactly what I think of when it's like, eh, they kind of go where the wind blows. Their recent uh, uh
1: recent tournament form uh in the knockout stage in 2019 African Cup, the year after the World Cup, they lost in penalty kicks, penalty kicks to Benin. And then in yeah. 2021, oh, okay. in 2021, they had seven points and topped their group in that African Cup. They beat Malawi in the round of 16 and then lost in time to Egypt, correct? Yeah. But they absolutely destroyed their qualifying group. And I think Africa's really tough to qualify from. Africa's the hardest nation to qualify out of. They need to change I mean, that, by the way. It's really hard. Six wins out of six, 18 points with a 20 to 1 goal differential. And they beat Mali in the, you know, Home and away. Yeah, and I,
0: play up. I think it was it Mali. It might have been. I'm looking at it. Oh no! I'm sorry.
1: No, you're right. It was DR Congo.
0: Yeah, it was DR Congo. Five in the first leg, and then went back to their home stadium and like whooped them.
1: Yeah, four one. I mean, they they're pretty exciting. Some of the I big mean. names for them: uh, Ashraf Hakimi from PSG, 24 years old; uh, Yassine Bounou, the goalie is set from Sevilla; Sofyan Amrabat. He's been around for a minute. Fiorentina? Uh,
0: No, no, no. His brother was the other one. Oh, it's the other Amrabat? He did the VAR as BS thing when they lost to Spain. That was his brother. It's a different one.
1: Oh, man. And then uh, – good thing you checked me on that. Roman Saiz is the captain, 32 years old from Besiktas. Obviously, everybody knows Hakeem Ziyech for Chelsea. Um, It's been a couple weird years for him. Obviously, he helped us win a Champions League, but he hasn't really gotten any consistent – found a really consistent form or a consistent place in the team. He's a sub a lot. Sometimes he Mm -hmm. starts – and then, um, I mean, those are the really big names, Yusuf and and Nesri. I mean, I don't even know what to say, say his name. Yusuf and Nesri from Sevilla. Uh, give me your yeah, thoughts yeah. on some of the. He
0: give me your thoughts on some up, of these guys. Uh well, they've probably got Masrally and Hakimi as fullbacks. Mm-hmm. You've got Sais as he was playing right center back in Afcon because I think. Um naif um aguard the yeah the guy who transferred to West Ham. So it'll be yeah. Aguero and probably Saissa as center backs and it's and a- Mazrali a- is but
1: from Bayern Munich. Uh that's a- yeah, so <laughs> Mazrari
0: so they're gonna have two left-footed center backs and two right-footed fullbacks, but they'll probably move Hakimi to the left-hand side because mm-hmm. Hakimi's played left side growing up at Dortmund and played it yeah. for inter as well on occasion. So like they're kind of you don't really see two left-footed center backs playing in a team. That's very rare. But like I said, with Croatian, with Canada, and even with Belgium, Like your talent pools are limited, so you kind of have to use what you have. So um, if you look on paper, I actually like Morocco's team. I know. Pretty good. I I think Amrabat as a holding midfield player is a good player. Um, Amala had a very good AFCON for Morocco. What they're missing is Imran Luza from Watford. He had a great AFCON. But I think he like broke his leg in a championship match like a month ago. Damn. So it was gonna be probably Luza, Amala, and uh Amrabat in midfield. But uh we'll have to see. Um mm-hmm. hey coach, earn your money. But um you'll see Ziek on the right hand side. You'll probably see and en- and through the middle. Um they're missing Harit as well. Harit limped off in Marseille's last league A match before the World Cup. So um Two probable starters are not in the team. They're not with the group, so that sucks. Damn. But um, I don't think there's a huge talent gap between Canada, Morocco, and Belgium. If you like, put them Canada, Morocco – or not Belgium, Canada, Morocco, Croatia. I was about to
1: say, damn.
0: I don't <laughs> think the val- like you would think Croatia will get through the group, but I don't think the talent gap between the, pers- like, the teams we see is probably not going to win the group. I don't think it's major. I really don't. So I think this group would be really. I think it'll be really competitive. It'll be the kind of thing where on match day three, everybody can still go through. And then I would imagine, well, Belgium will probably have gone through, but it'll probably be three teams fighting for one spot in the last day. So it'll be interesting. So
1: you 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 think Belgium's going to top the group? I think they're going to top the group.
0: Um, yeah, they play Canada first, and then like I could I could see Morocco and Croatia like drawing with each other. So yes.
1: Okay, and then so who you coming? Who you got coming out second?
0: Um, let me just look at the order of these fixtures. Whoever plays – oh, so I'm going to say Croatia because Morocco plays Belgium second. I could see it be a thing where Croatia play Belgium when there's nothing on the line for Belgium, and they kind of rest some players, so they'll mm-hmm. sneak like a draw or something, and it might be like a it, – it'll be one of those. I could see that happening. So, yeah, yeah I say Belgium first, Croatia second.
1: Croatia but definitely have the better if, fixtures. Keep going.
0: If Morocco beat Croatia – anybody's game
1: i think i'm gonna i'm gonna i've been doing something where i'm opposing a little bit of, of my guests so i'm gonna go with morocco finishing second I, I i want as many african teams in the knockout stage as possible and honestly at, i like morocco because i that, would I mean, love
0: I'm, i would love yeah. morocco to go through if you're asking what i want what i want just for chaos morocco to win the group and canada to finish second <laughs> it's and then I want in Group E, I would prefer Japan to go through instead of either Spain or Germany just to set up some crazy round of 16 tie.
1: Yeah, why not? It's going to be exciting. Group F. Thanks for coming on, Peter. Any last words?
0: Uh, no problem, guys. Guys, tune into the World Cup. If you are here stateside, I know the kickoff times are kind of whack, but like, what can we do? And uh, remember, guys, this will be the last time we have to deal with this for at least eight years because the World Cup's here stateside in 2026. So, um, no, it's been fun. It's been real. Uh, I would say I I would say go Mexico, Iran, US, whatever teams you have a rooting interest in. But um I don't know, man. I, I gotta find a team to root for this World Cup. I gotta I gotta Why like USA? Nah, cause I don't have I don't have hopes. I think that entire group is gonna be awful. <laughs> Come on, man. Iran, gonna... I've never
1: there's never been higher expectations for Iran than this.
0: Yeah, because everybody everybody <laughs> in that group is like, eh, are we good? Are we not? I don't know. Exactly.
1: But Hey, if my man, Eden Hazard, takes the pitch, I hope Belgium gets, uh, goes pretty far.
0: But Hey, good luck. I hope Hazard plays. I hope he plays, and I hope he plays well. If he doesn't, I hope they lose.
1: Fair <laughs> the I agree with that. All right, Group F, tell us who you think are going to be the, coming out of this group in the comments.